Hello everybody and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs are going to get together every week and discuss the important things in life like how if you don't prepare anything you're going to have absolutely nothing funny to say at the start of your stupid podcast. Uh, this week we have with us Adam, otherwise known as Red. Hello. We have Alfred Clark, also known as Al Penny Blue. Hello. And Remgo Verme, also known as the Unlikely GM. Hello. And me, your host, Ismay Hutton, also known as a Teacup Gamer. So, this week we're talking about how to prepare for like a D&D session that you're doing um, in like just the normal days. We're also probably going to do a little bit more about like how to prepare for your first ever uh, D&D session, but that's probably going to also be another, another podcast, but we'll go a little bit into detail about it. Um, so first, why don't we have a little go around and see kind of where everyone's at in terms of like how much y'all tend to prepare um and adam you are new so you're gonna be up to sacrifice first that's just how it goes yeah so, that's absolutely how much, fine <laughs> how much do you normally prepare for a session um i think it depends on the what the players have said that they're planning to do or at the end of the last session um now if we're talking about if it's a brand new game if it's a new set of people or it's just a new campaign i think it's good to prepare as much as possible because normally uh, though at least in the games that i've dm'd the um the the first campaign is all the first episode sorry or the first session is usually very heavily railroaded in a sense because you need mm -hmm. certain things to be set in place i'm not saying that i'm pushing players from town to town automatically but they are definitely um, they have a lot of things to uncover very quickly and then it's a lot more free-flowing i like to run a lot of open campaigns um, yeah. In terms of preparing after the next session, I like to get a good idea of what the players' plans are, what they want to do, um, and then just work from there. But that doesn't always happen. Um, to throw reference to the campaign that I'm currently running, I'm running out of the abyss for my party, and we play weekly on Sundays. Um, the session before last, they were planning on going to fight a... Uh, uh, um, a, a thing inside a tomb. They wanted to find a tomb, find treasure, um, with the help of a Nothic, and that was I was fine with that. Everything's good. That's how the session ended. They planned to go to this tomb, so I spent the entire week preparing, drawing out this tomb, making everything ready. Oh, session geez. came. They, I'm already they, sad for you. They got there. They done everything. They didn't derail me mostly. Ooh, um, what? They were absolutely fine, and then they ended the session, and then got to a town and left it and their plans were i don't know because we're in a new town and i was like okay cool and then read through everything made made sure everything was fine um prepared about three different plot hooks they ignored all of them mm -hmm. yeah that feels more like it that feels um, a lot more like it <laughs> the one of the players accidentally killed some civilians um oh my god with a, a level three thunder wave <laughs> after being told it is a heavily populated area didn't listen blasted them against the wall and they smashed off it like civilians have like what two three hp if they're not yeah. very good at anything um, well killed them so he went off alone drinking and then <laughs> found a plot hook that i hadn't prepared but it was still there because it's an area that he went to yeah got there and he went back to they found a ghost and he went back to the tavern like guys there's ghosts Okay. <laughs> and they're like, oh, let, let's go find this ghost. I'm like, right then. Okay. Sure. You don't want to do and any of the ones. And it proceeded on from there. Cool. And it didn't go very well for them. 
Um, they were not prepared, and two of them are currently petrified in stone. Like I, I was, I thought that I was seeing the face of God when you said that they like actually went along with what you were supposed to be doing in the campaign. Like that feels like <laughs> some otherworldly shit. Like we're talking about a fantasy realm, and that is my fantasy realm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, the all, all along the way because obviously not um player knowledge, Nothics aren't very nice. Um, they don't tend to be nice. This Nothic was actually a half-elf that had been true polymorphed into a Nothic and left like that for just general plot reasons. And all the way there, they were like, we should kill this Nothic. We should kill him. We should kill him. And I'm like, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Didn't say that to them because they, yes. they can do what they want um, and I'll roll with it. And they didn't kill him. And I was like, ah, you've actually done some stuff. And they made up for it by going completely against all the plot hooks that I set for them in the next session. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just typical, to be honest. Yeah, no, like that 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 idea of like every time you can set up all the hooks in the world, and like you should, because that's, that's what being a DM is. It's like making sure that you've got interesting things that your characters are going to want to do. Um, but there are just those times where it doesn't matter how interesting you've made it, or like how motivated they should be to do it, they might just not because they get a little wrapped up in this fact that you can do anything in the world. Yeah, um, and I, I, I love to, I don't, I really am not a fan of railroading them to the point of you yeah. have to go to this town. There is one plot hook for you. If you do not follow it, you will do nothing. I don't enjoy that. And if people, if that's other people's style of DMing, that's mm -hmm. absolutely fine. But um, when I started off my session, it was I high role play focused. Um, because I do a lot of voices, I do a lot of accents, I try to get my players immersed as possible, and for the most part, I do believe they really enjoy it, and they, they've all got their own voices, they all do the, one of them has just re-rolled as a child, and has a lisp, no. and it's hilarious. Um, not, only a, not only a child, but he's a necromancer, which is fantastic. <laughs> just this kid that doesn't really know what he's doing, and it's really, it's really, really good. Um, it's got a bit of an Edward and Elric... Uh, full Metal Alchemist real. Uh, that no, that's it. That and he he was he was talking and he's like um obviously in case they're listening I'm not gonna go too deep into his um, backstory, <laughs> um but I was sitting there like this is Full Metal Alchemist you are describing to me oh, the plot no. of Full Metal Alchemist and he's like I've never seen it and I'm like I well that's all the more reason for me to hate you right now for what you're doing to me because obviously um a chaotic good ne necromancer that's gonna pose some problems because they are a necromancer. Um, mm -hmm. But he's been fine so far. Raised some zombies in a town. As you do. The uh, usual. Went, like, went, yeah. went as well as it could have done in the situation. The 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 tiefling the uh, the tiefling hexblade took him aside, told him not to do that, and then summoned demons on him to teach him a lesson. <laughs> And they won. Like, it was nice. I like, I like, I like that thing of like, it, like you do have a child in the party, so like you have to kind of like parent the child. Though in like the campaign that I run, it's like we've got they have to be the parent of um, our barbarian, who's just a, an adorable idiot. So that's my favorite character. <laughs> Big man that. child. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the moron just that just hits things. Yeah, I just generally see all the players as children and me being the only parent <laughs> having to hurt these cats. Yeah. Cats? Like, if if players are anything but cats, then I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, they just go everywhere. And they vaguely hate you, but they also love you. They know that you're keeping them alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, cats. They yeah. know you're making this elaborate scratching <laughs> pole for them to uh, rip apart. Oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> your beautifully crafted world. 
And then they go off and play um, with a plastic bag instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, to, to answer the original question oh, yeah. that I then went off topic on for a while, <laughs> um, I think it depends on the players and what you expect from them. The actual yeah. answer is don't ever expect anything from your players other than that they show up yeah. on time because they'll derail your session even if they don't mean to. Um, yeah. And just do your best. <laughs> just, I like the do your best on yeah. this. Like, it's, you know what? Be happy. Alfred, what about you? Are you what? What is your level of preparation for episodes? Or sure. So, sessions? so yeah, I have. Um, so I have a game that is. I'm. I'm also running a module like um, Red. Um, I'm running Storm King's Thunder, um, and then I have another group who's kind of doing just mm-hmm. original stuff, but they're on hold. Uh, so cool. there's quite. There is a bit of a difference. There's a fairly significant difference, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I usually do more than uh, kind of an hour and a half of prep for a session. Um, once you've got the initial setup of the campaign out of the way, especially with uh, the module, like you, 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 I definitely need to read through all of the stuff that we'll, we'll be doing. But I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like um, we, I, we, we often get. I, at least for my groups, we get bogged down enough that I, I, I think I have to do less prep than most DMs per session. Um, oh, God damn. Oh, yeah. I get the same. I always over-prepare. Like, you've got this pessimistic idea. Like, my soul is blackened from <laughs> eons of, of players, dungeon-calling players that just kill everything in that path. So uh, when I'm preparing, I've got this pessimistic feel of, okay, I need to prepare a lot of stuff. There's an encounter with this NPC, which they'll just stab as that'll last a (laughs) whopping two minutes, and we'll need to plan the next encounter. And when the game actually comes, uh, you're surprised they actually all play that encounter, and that takes up half the session, and and you prepared way more than you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yes. So 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 for most sessions, I'm like I'm. It's mostly just being really happy with uh, all my stat blocks I'll be using. And most of the time I just kind of have my notebook, I doodle ideas for what could happen. And then, I, like that, that uh, it's most mostly improv after that. It's, I, I find that mostly I just need time to like think of in fun things and interesting things that could happen. And just, like, like uh, so my notebook is full of like <laughs> double space lines of like, a caravan comes into the town from the west. And then a space, and then yeah. But you've got like a lot nicer notes than mine. Mine just have like one word every so often that just says like "blue man." Uh, and at no point in the future am I going to know what that means. But at the time, it made all yeah. the sense in the world. I, I, it's it's really good when the players latch on to a, a random NPC that doesn't even have a name. And ignore the actual NPC that does have a name and a full backstory. So then, you're you're if you've seen Wallace and Gromit, you're laying down the track as fast as you're getting to it. But what's yeah. this higher's name? Or oh, the higher's name is um, it's Tracy. It's Tracy Stormwind from Neverwinter. Oh, she's uh, she's got a cart. What does the cart look like? Are there four wheels? Does it have a horse? What color is the horse? And they're mm-hmm. asking all these questions to which you're not going to say, "I don't know that." Why would I know that? Because you're the DM. You have to know that. Um, so you you are laying down this track as fast as possible, um, yeah. and that's fine if it's once per session. But no, it's every five minutes. Yeah. That <laughs> they, something like that it. happens. If they pursue it, because the players tend to make their own plot hooks. What 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 I've just described, where you say, uh, you have one note in your preparation. That's all you need. Just having those small notes. So I'm I'm kind of like that too. You have this one note of 
uh, a Kerefan, uh, a Constantine Tank from the West. The moment you say that in game, you don't actually have anything more than that, but the players will turn that into a plot hook. Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. They can. <laughs> they can go over there and they talk to it and they're interested in the caravan, where they come from, and at that point it becomes an interesting story and it becomes a plot hook and, 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 and you're making that. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it does get annoying when they when they pretend that, that, that they're interested in it as a plot hook and then you start <laughs> improvising and laying that track in front of them and the players <laughs> go, okay, we'll go back to the inn for, for a beer. That, yeah, that happened last <laughs> session to me as well. Oh, so yeah, is that, is that kind of like your way of doing be- doing it? Just like yeah, well, I, I prepare a lot, a lot more uh, for uh, mm-hmm. not one and a half hour, but um, I um, for the people that do watch and like hear us, um, I, I try to make my games very visual experience because I mm-hmm. um, I use roll twenty. Originally, it was a substitute for real world games, uh, and then. Later, I realized, well, it has its disadvantages, but it has advantages, and I've really embraced all the graphical advantages, so I make all my yeah, own tokens and my to maps in Photoshop. Yeah, um, yeah uh, and, and um, I realized that that isn't general D&D preparation, it's just me messing about in Photoshop. So if I, <laughs> if I subtract all the time I spend making tokens and maps, it probably isn't nearly as much time I spent prepping, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it comes a lot close to offering. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a very similar experience using Roll20. Uh, I have one group on, yeah. on Roll20, one group in person, and um, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you yeah. definitely have to spend time on the tokens and stuff to make it a fun experience. And I enjoy that. I actually make them really pretty and nice and and, and try to make, you know, I'm competitive. I, I look at other games and I'm going, my, my <laughs> games look better, but I also spend more <laughs> hours on it. Um, yeah. But then for the actual prep part, yeah, it's it's the same as Alfred. You make some you make some uh, some small notes, and and the players tend to latch onto them. It's um, mm-hmm. so what I said in the prep is quantity versus quality. You don't you don't need elaborate things to prepare because in the end the players choose what they what they're interested in and what they're not. You just need tiny little bits for everything. Um, yeah, and even if you uh, even if you do prepare a lot of things, you could just as easily forget that and suddenly improvise in the moment. Yeah. So it's always good to just yeah. take a step back. You don't they, you don't need to prepare what the flower is called in the Eastern Valley next to mm-hmm. Neverwinter. You it's you don't need to know that. Just prepare it, and it's like it's got a nice name if they ever ask yeah. about it, which they will, um, <laughs> and just go from yeah. there. Also, also when when a row and I've, I've learned, you have to have to let go of the fact that you want to use it. And this is more a tip to new GMs, not not to you guys. Um, it's it's uh, what what I find some new GMs do is they prepare some things and they really want to use it. And, it's, and they and some people have already said it here. You have to get used to the fact that players won't use it. They won't encounter yeah. it. They won't interact with it, or they'll just go the other way. Um, but that doesn't mean you waste the prep. That prep is for a later session. Um, oh yeah, quantum ogres. Yeah, what they can. You, you can run into them later. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. So if you if you on the back of what you said on on if the if you the you've got a, a cave and there's a left and a right tunnel and down the tunnel the right hand tunnel there's a really important plot hook that they absolutely have to meet. And the players choose to go left. You just move the plot hook over to the left because they don't know <laughs> yeah. what was there. Yeah, we said that um, in the first session, didn't we? Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
you said that, Ismail, isn't it? Is where yeah, you just, just go, go oh, the they go to a different town. town. Oh, that town it's is very similar town. to the other one I prepared <laughs> for them to go to. What a coincidence. <laughs> It's um, like, oh, but all the buildings yeah. here are blue. That's weird. And so it's a completely different town. Yeah. yeah but so even strange. if there's not a plot hook, right? Even if there's not a plot hook, if, if you've got a dungeon, like you said, that branches off left and right, and they choose to go left, do the, do the entire left part of the dungeon and go out and never do the right part, that right part isn't wasted. You then take that right part, copy-paste it into another dungeon you lose for, use for a later game. Um, or you yeah. just have it lying on the side whenever they go into random passageway you don't prepare it. Well, you use an old passageway that you did prepare, but they never used. Yeah, uh, so all that prep is wasted. I think, I think one of the the things for... Uh, you are saying, like, for, for new DMs about, like, yeah, your, your characters are not necessarily going to want to go where you want them to go, and that kind of sucks for, like, new-time DMs because... Mm-hmm oofty dufty it's the kind of it's a time when you've prepared so much um i think that there's also kind of a difference between uh new players and older players and i i would think that like in my experience it's been a lot easier for uh dming new players so like if you're a new dm dming new players is also a good idea i would think just because mm-hmm. new players are not super used to having an entire world to go and visit. And so, like, if new players come into it, then they're more likely to go towards the thing that you're directing them at. It's not necessarily new or old players. I think it's just generally... uh, I don't want to say good or bad players. That sounds harsh. But... Um, I do think that players have a certain response, but I have an understanding with my players. Like, I create, craft a story that they're interested in. If they're just going to uh, literally go off in the other direction, I think um, somebody said, uh, one of you two said, um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't like railroading. They don't have to go to the next town. Um, I um, kind of disagree. Uh, it's not It's not railroading to have them go to the next town. I mean... Uh, the next town clearly is important for the for the story you've prepared. They're going to have to get there one way or another. And I will tell my players, look, I'm not railroading you, but if the main story tells you to go to that town and you go in the opposite direction, you might as well might as well roll different characters that are interested in the story. Like mm-hmm. if you're just going to go in the opposite direction, what the hell am I doing here? So, oh yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. Um, um, obvi- it was me that was uh, that I said railroading. Um, obviously, I don't. I don't want to railroad them from you go to this town, you go to this town, you go to this town. I think when I think for new DMs or just starting off a campaign, I think that there is a certain amount of railroading that is necessary. Um, even first session, second session, you get to this bit, and then I like to open the world up a little bit. You get to go, you can go here, you can go here, you can go here. Um, they could potentially have went straight to the farthest away destination but realistically oh, yeah. i like to i like to make it clear that this is a long journey and there's a town right next to you that you could go to for supplies etc yeah. that is probably the best stop and if yeah. i if for any reason there's an npc in the party um they have they suddenly have a reason to go to that town because <laughs> for some reason players love to do what npcs want which is really really good oh, yeah it's really um, weird they have so much trust for npcs it's, it's yeah whatever they say it, is gospel yeah you guys um, have the, had some the, very different experiences from me normally my players are just like oh anyone else i don't trust them oh no the players have played <laughs> with me many times before <clears throat> they don't trust my npcs anymore because i've totally <laughs> abused their trust but yeah. i find that new players with new dm they generally go like oh whatever this what this guy said is is true it's like well, what was there in the forest oh there was a dragon oh really and all the players are now absolutely fair. aware that there's a dragon in this forest yeah. they have no idea that that was the town drunk 
and yeah. he saw a lizard. You know that? Yeah. That never crossed our mind. That that guy yeah. might be, you know, being untruthful without outright lying to them. That is something. You know, an empathy is either honest to them or lying. Nothing in between. Mm -hmm. uh, but then that again does raise the problem of we right we're gonna have go and look for this dragon and they will spend half the session looking for yeah. a dragon that doesn't exist. Oh god! Yes. And do you want to do you want to it comes Just down to that? Dragon. Do you want to put a dragon into this forest that is going to TPK a level one party? I don't think they understand that at this point. Um, or do you want to just have them feel a bit let down and wasted their time and it's a good co you've got to make a good compromise like you see scratchings yeah. on a tree um huge claw marks part of the yeah. forest is charred and well, burnt they're not necessarily going to find the dragon or the dragon's nest or, or they it's find lair. a small they find they find a, a basilisk or something smaller uh, that they can take and 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 have the players have this moment of oh he was just a drunk that thought that was a dragon mm -hmm. something like that but have something there indeed don't don't yeah but that's the improv bit that is the improv bit that is the bit where uh, you know you don't prepare for that well well i i i think it's a, i think it's a good idea to um if you so a, a homebrew modules um completely on the top improvisation whatever you want to do i think it's good to have plot hooks in place and have story moments that um perhaps even one that the players run into regardless just so they have a story and they're not spending three hours in a tavern getting drunk yeah you got to throw the story hooks in their face yeah and, and you got to be prepared like I've, I've um when i started gming i read a lot of um rules for writing fiction which some can be translated into uh two games some not one of them is also you you're an omnipotent and i'm i'm gonna come back in this later as well with the omnipotence of a gm versus players and how that really affects what you actually prepare um you need to give people multiple ways in you might have a hook that go like oh why aren't they catching this hook why aren't they catching this hook you need to badger it throw it at them have have multiple ways <laughs> to hook into that same story have if if that doesn't work, have an NPC walk straight up to them, and you might think it's super obvious. You're throwing it at them, but the players have a very different experience. They're not omnipotent. They don't know what you're going with. They yeah. they they actually genuinely didn't notice two of those three hooks and see the one hook and go like, oh, this is a cool hook into a story. Um, so they don't they don't see what you see there. They don't see that you've been throwing these hooks yeah. at them. They just organically see the story progressing. Oh yeah, so I can. Don't be afraid to multiply these things and just oh yeah, throw it at them. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can. I can completely agree with that. Um, going back again to the the last session that I ran, um, going back to the they found a ghost and they're like, okay, let let's follow this. There's there's ghosts here. There was not ghosts there. There was one ghost that was there for a reason, which they ignored. Um, <laughs> then they 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 move on. They move on into the cave. You see water dripping. You see a stone statue standing in front of you, holding a gem up to its eye. And they're like, oh, cool. Can I break his hand off? Take the gem. Yeah, sure. You you can you could just take the gem, but okay. Um take the gem. Oh, this place is strange. What are all these stone statues that are really humanoid and we can't yeah. players are completely oblivious even like I play um I DM for three other DMs that do a great job at not meta gaming anything and they are they they will still be oblivious so when they run into the inevitable Medusa, um which they did, they were stunned they were well some of them were petrified actually some of them were petrified and they were completely oblivious um yeah not even not lacing the clothes together in the slightest 
and i think that's one of the, the the best things that you can have as a dm when you are dming for other dms that have read the monster yeah. manual, manual they yeah. know the monsters they know what the stats mm-hmm. are even though if they don't remember oh, them oh yeah and then they are completely game. thrown off guard I yeah no i got i got my train of thought back what i was saying is about experienced yeah. players so you have an understanding with experienced players if you indeed what you pay you say yeah experienced dms um really great to run for because they they purposely don't matter game but another thing uh why it's also very good to run for experienced dms it's not just that they also respect what you prepared uh, oh, like yeah. say, I've got players who have an understanding with if I if there's a dungeon they will go into that dungeon knowing not just they'll they'll metagame even if that characters wouldn't go into the dungeon they'll metagame that characters to go into that dungeon <laughs> because Absolutely. we're friends and they know I spend hours preparing that dungeon yeah. in my free time they their 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 in-game characters might not care about mm-hmm. the out-game Remco but they as players care about me, and and oh, they yeah. and they see this dungeon, they like, uh, and they go like, we know you prepared the dungeon, it's going to be a fun experience, even if a character would do it, and they meta game mm-hmm. their character to go into that dungeon and do it. So yes, players are free to do whatever they want, but a good player will have an understanding to realize, okay, yeah. DM is here to provide fun for us, let's go yeah. on this adventure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, so. I've been DMing for a lot of new players and one person who is also a DM. Um, and mm-hmm. another thing with DMing for <laughs> DMing for a DM is um, they 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 always bring a lot. Um, they add a lot more story. And <clears throat> I think uh, Ismay was saying about uh, new players uh, should uh, DM for new players, right? Uh, or that mm-hmm. it's easier. Oh yeah. Often. I feel like it, it. I feel like less easier, but more if you're a new DM, um, it, it's easier to get them to go. Like mm. so, I felt less like other DMs, but more just other experienced players who are more used to being in a game and being able to do kind of whatever yeah. they want with like maybe a more experienced DM. Yeah. Whereas if you're like going yeah. going at it pretty early, kind of it's nice to have people that just go along for the ride for a sure. little bit. So yeah, because I was kind of um, like like I I was kind of I wanted to raise a counterpoint because um, mm-hmm. I found as a new DM that it's it's a lot easier to. Uh, DM for this person who is very experienced, um, because mm-hmm. they they really bring a lot of um, they they bring a lot of role play. Uh, it's mostly about the role play. Um, oh, I find yeah. it, it it's quite challenging to um, bring new players into uh, role playing and have them speak in character and have them think of uh, things to do other than you know stab and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah with new players your role as a gm is also to like teach people to yeah. role play and, so, that so, kind of stuff. Yeah. and if you're a new gm and then you get those tasks tossed on top as well it's, exactly it's tasking yeah exactly yeah I, yeah because you're so on um concerned with you know making sure that the combat's running properly you know i yeah. i think it's really healthy to have if you're an experienced dm um, if you're going to play a game or run a game for entirely new players, I think that you need to keep it small, um, not have 9,000 different plot hooks because it would yeah. probably confuse don't them. Don't try have, to be the next critical yeah, role. Just don't try yeah. to be Matt Mercer. Play the intro game. Don't, yeah, exactly. Just do the, start off with something small, end it small. Just let them, like, oh, how do I roll for attack again? Or what's an intelligence yeah. check? So that's, that's second nature to us at this mo- moment. We could yeah. We could list every single... Um, ability and what <laughs> falls under it, like, apart from constitution, which nothing falls so. under it. Um, 
Well, I would, t- I would hope, or at least most of it. Um, no, I play so many different game systems every week. Like, I, fair. last last Sunday, I was saying, okay, everybody, rule notice check. Everybody, what's notice? Like, what? I have no idea. What <laughs> Sorry, I mean perception. And then I, the, the, yeah, two I, ways later, I'm playing Savage Worlds, and I go, oh, everybody, rule perception. And everybody go, what perception? Oh, pff, ah. <laughs> I'm more like my my ADHD ass doesn't remember. <laughs> I would play. I I started off on three point five in Pathfinder, and then moved mm. up to five E. Um, and I would be, I would ask my DM, you can I can I roll diplomacy? And he's like, what on earth is Absolutely diplomacy? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm saying they're like, um, persuasion, yeah. I guess. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, roll persuasion one uh, doesn't matter anyway. Um, but I I think it is I think it's good to, um, let them let them learn the game like take pauses, let them know what they're doing, um, don't let them kill children. Stuff well, like that. same concept with experienced players when I say I have I'm experienced DM with experienced players and we have a certain understanding um, and that same understanding I think that's very important in every group in every group dynamic be aware of that if you can be a new GM with new players but sit down with them talk to them don't don't pretend you can't metagame anything and just say hey yeah. this is new for you guys this is new mm-hmm. for me let's all explore this together yeah. they uh, Make your players very much aware of the situation. You're you're not an expert on the game. They're not. Um, if if everybody just has to be on the same page, and that counts for yeah. every game and every group dynamic. Just yeah, absolutely. Better. Like you, the the uh, experienced players and experienced DM. Uh, there is a certain level of meta gaming that um, you are going to allow. Like uh, if you, like like you were saying, if you put a lot of effort into a dungeon, your players will force themselves to go to a dungeon. Um, but then when they're in the dungeon they're not going to be as characters they're not going to be if they've never come across a mimic before they're not going to be checking for mimics if they've not been shot in the eye with a dart they're not going to be looking for eye level darts (laughs) um so if they if they start doing that it is time to rein them in it's time to say would your character actually know this if they would then that's absolutely fine if they're obviously if they're a rogue they're more experienced with traps but if the Mm -hmm. child wizard necromancer walks (laughs) into a room and steps on a plate he's not going to know that a fireball is coming at him yeah um yeah and is and that to, you've to got roll that it back into the topic um that is kind of also how you should prepare being aware um i think you said that as well all the way at the start how much you prepare depends on the players you have and what they're planning to do and, and how experienced they are um yeah. you you need to realize what kind of challenge if you've got these experienced players they already know this then you, you write a new challenge for them. You write a situation where they're going to have to roleplay. It's like, okay, they know how the traps work. They know how these monsters yeah. know how Medusa works. And indeed, let's... And then you write the situation where they're going to have to force the roleplay or force the metagame and, and see mm-hmm. if they can do that. You know, yeah. by, write something something like that and so you do take the players you have and put it in there put the hints from this if you have new players who don't even know what the Medusa is um, that is not an interesting challenge for them because that's they're not going to realize that they're going to see statues whoop de bloody do um, <laughs> and they'll they'll go in there and then they'll have a fight, their first fight with the Medusa and see what the Medusa does and that fight is fun for those new players whereas mm-hmm. the fight isn't super fun for the experienced players for the experienced players that those hints at the start are fun so what how the experienced level of your players are definitely important in what you prepare yeah hey guys it's Isbe for your middle of the grit chat podcast middle of the grit chat chat Look, I, 
prepare this. You know what? You know what? We're on an episode of preparedness. This is what happens when you don't prepare. Sometimes you have to do stuff off the fly and it fucking sucks. But sometimes it works out pretty well. Let's see how this one goes. For plugs this week, as always, we've got Hemco's campaign of The Unlikely Heroes that you can find at twitch.tv forward slash The Unlikely GM. You'll hear a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast. And of course, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash A Teacup Gamer, where you can find me normally playing games or listen to this good podcast live at Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud right now, it would be really helpful if you could follow there, share, like, all that good shit so that people can actually figure out what this show is all about. Maybe suggest it to some friends that you think might be interested in our good, good nerd chat. We're also on iTunes, so if you go over there, you can like us, you can give us a comment, give us a review, because it's a five-star fucking show, and it let me do a review, which is ridiculous, and I fucking love it. But yeah, the more you can help us get the word out there, the more we'll be able to do, and the more we'll be able to talk about things. It'll be really cool, and hopefully, hopefully this will become something pretty, pretty special. Also, if you do that, then you get to have that good little feeling that you get when you've been, like, first in and you're on the ground floor of something and everyone else thinks that you're a hipster asshole and yes correct you are but you get to feel self-satisfied which is honestly the most important thing in life there's nothing more right now so i'll let you get back to the episode and you can enjoy us giving some actual advice for once like not once in this have we talked about why people like fucking demons and it's an accomplishment that i'm kind of scared about and i don't know if i like it I think one of the the best like arrows that I have in my quiver uh, in terms of preparedness uh, is my friend who I've talked about that we swap on and off with DMing, uh, mm-hmm. and every time that I've had like a very stressful week and I've not had as much time to prepare for the session, uh, like I've got him at my back just to go to him and be like, hey, I know that you've been in the same position. Uh, we normally. So I, I'm guessing a bunch of people are fans of Critical Role. Uh, we we call it vaxing it. Uh, so if we've not got a lot of things prepared for the session, then our other the other DM will vax it and make the story all about them for a little bit, so that we fill up a bit more of the time with personal problems oh, yeah. <laughs> instead of like the story arc. Because yeah, so like last um, last week I or the week before. I had absolutely no time on my hands. I was stressed out of my mind and I was like, I've, I cannot lie to you. I have prepared sweet fuck nothing and I, I need some help here. Um, and he was like, of course, say no more, vaxing underway. And it became, it was just like a very personal, personal episode where everyone was like airing their grievances and we just shared that nice look of, I got you, boo. I got you. So you use your players um, yeah. to your advantage if you're in a situation where you've not been able to prepare as much as you would like to. Absolutely. Cause... I think that that's a really good point to raise as well in regards to writing character arcs for players. Mm-hmm. Um, because at, at, at least in my games, I ask for a, a fair amount of backstory so I can write it into it. Um, yeah. who their, at least who their parents are, what their parents did and where their parents are now and why you left them or if you'd already it's gone. It's d They're you probably go? all dead. Yeah, they're probably all dead. Or <laughs> missing. d is full or of orphans. They're not the... an orphan, you're the old one out. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's good. I think I think preparing character arcs for players is something that, um, if, that's your, if that's your type of game, at least obviously if it's an Adventures Leagues game or if it's just show up, roll dice, kill things. Um, yeah. But if it's a role play type game 
with a lot of role play in it. I think it's good to write and prepare character arcs that they will hit at this specific moment. These yeah. are preset enemies to do with one player. But then I ov- I do think it's always important to make sure every single player has a character arc. Mm-hmm. You don't want to leave anyone out and they you should yeah. they should realistically start happening at least later game. They should all start happening at least not once per session, obviously not, but everyone should get something yeah. at least once per yeah. once per every couple of sessions. And, uh, I think Critical Role actually does a really good job. I mean, Matt Mercer, I mean, obviously, but he, he does a really good job of oh, yes. having specific character arcs. And I'd love to see, like, a, yeah. I, I really want to see someone do, like, a graphical breakdown of, and, like, you know, what his de- what his notes might have looked like if he was planning the structure or the arcs. Yeah, I think it, it, I've listened to a couple of things of him talking about, like, creating the story, which has always been very interesting, uh, which, you know, like, he's very experienced and very good. So, like, he's one to kind of watch out for. Uh, and this up and coming young upstart Matt Mercer um, <laughs> you've heard it here first brand uh, new information ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I know we got the, we're finger on the pulse of this world um, but yeah no he, he, he talks a lot about making sure that everyone has their moments and I think that's really important yeah. but also yeah. I feel like it when you're talking about how much to prepare for your sessions it's also a very big part of the discussion in what kind of game you're running so there's different amounts that you're going to prepare if you are just like not just but if you and your party have that kind of story where you do just kind of want a monster of the week kind of thing which is totally cool and totally fine if that's Mm -hmm. the kind of game you want to run uh in which case what you're going to have to prepare is where you're going to go why you're going to do it what you're going to kill how to kill it um whereas if you have more of an overarching story you're going to have to make sure to put in ties, make sure that you've got more personal elements. Um, and each is like, it's difficult in its own way and it's got like its advantages in other ways. Like, as I said, like if you've got a campaign that's uh, predominantly go and kill a monster, you can't really have a chat with your pal being like, hey, can you make this episode very emotional because I have nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please help me out. Yeah, sometimes you, you just kind of have to poke your place and, and, and ask the metagame to do something, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I do think there's some things that are universal to no matter what type of game you're playing when it comes to prep. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether I play this long-term campaign, roleplay, or dungeon crawl, um, there are some things that everybody can do to make everything better. Um, I, I, let me know if you recognize this. You uh, you have a dungeon with 10 rooms, and you go, all right, let's make this dungeon. Let's ride to it. Let's, you sit down for your prep, and you go and describe the first room. And uh, it's, a, it's a damp room. There's some water dripping from the ceiling. Uh, as you come in, there's a door on your left and a door on your right. Some vermin scurries across the ground. You're not sure what it is, a rat or a mouse, something of the sort. A wind, uh, a, a draft comes in and wafts your hair a bit. Uh, <laughs> feels a bit cold and damp in there. Right, there we go. We've got a description for one room. <laughs> yep. Nine more to go. <laughs> yeah. Um... And they can't and be the same. No, because then people notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and then and then you've got this description that you know that has a lot of description. You go to the next room, and then it becomes a mediocre description. Next room comes less. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I said about quantity versus quality. You take ten rooms, and objectives are your friend. You d- 
players don't know what is interesting and what is not. They uh, they just go in and what is memorable. Don't tr what I'm trying to say is don't try to choose for your players what's going to be memorable. Don't go oh this is an important room. Let's have a lot of descriptions for it. Yeah. Your descriptions and your preparation isn't what's going to be anything is going to make things memorable. The anecdotes that the players create are what are memorable. So you just yeah. create one adjective for each room. It's a damp room. Mm -hmm. It's a wet room. That's a mm -hmm. drafty room. That's a stale room. That's it. And then one minute of prep, you've got ten descriptions for ten rooms with literally one word. And then you've got something to play off on. And the players do the rest. Yeah. The players go, oh, I want to check out the stale room. I want to check out this drafty room. Yeah, I've got um, I definitely have my, my, my like planning dungeon maps are always like, just like, you'll have the room and then there'll be the word smelly along the side of it and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because a room isn't going to be memorable if you have a very well described room and then have five rooms that don't have a description all the players not going to care about that room they know there's something in the well described room you as a GM care about it um, so not only that you want to share out but your, again your description doesn't make the room memorable it's, yes. it's, it's their anecdotes what they do it and brawl with yeah. what the players do uh, don't spend too much time trying to predict the players. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't go, oh, this bit is important. This bit is going to be important, so I will do a lot of prep into that. Oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna spend a lot of time talking to this NPC, so I'll flash this NPC out. No, pl just don't try to predict that. Just give every NPC also a little adjective. Oh, this guy is scruffy. This guy is shy. This guy is, you know, and just spread that around. And then ev whichever NPC they walk up to, you've got one word to play off of, and you can play that character and you can keep them consistent. Um, Ab absolutely that's a that's a something that matt mercer does really well as well if they take the character gilmore from oh, season one he, he, oh. he just started off as a couple of words he was this character and because they they latched on to him he became this fabulous gilmore's glorious mm. goods Glory. type of yeah um type of character and that that, that really is uh, i completely agree as all you need this the character has ginger hair and talks in an irish accent that's all you need <laughs> and then your players will inevit inevitably go this is god this is the way that we must <laughs> she is in our party you are our leader now um and the the, the npc doesn't yeah. like that and wanders off but they find her again later on and it's a really good yeah. they've, they've got that character that they you then have to remember the name of if you forget to write it down. Yeah, the, the players, the players will decide what they find interesting, not you. Absolutely. Yes, that, that's a good note of preparation in terms of like, it, it's good to prepare, like your story beats and everything. But if there's something that you want to get across to the players as an important thing, make it interesting in like as few words as possible because that adds a little bit of intrigue to it. And they get to feel like they are the ones that discovered how cool and interesting this is, not that you spent a while writing about yeah. how cool and interesting it is. Yeah, feel free to just throw it at them. I mean, if there's a, room, if there's a place you want to check out and you go, oh, there's a bit of a draft coming there, you see some indent in the wall in front of you. There you go. That's all you need. This is, the players will pick up on that, and they'll go after it or not, and um, you know they'll check it out, and then you can throw more descriptions at them. But you just, you just tiny things like that. Don't spend too much time. Um, I think you'll find this a theme of four weeks ago as well. In <laughs> all my advice is don't spend too much time on things. Make your life easier. Um, mm -hmm. You start very enthusiastically, maybe uh, preparing stuff. But eventually, eventually, you start getting bothered by the stuff yeah, that I, not being used. 
one day. Um, and but they, again, again, as as, as you said easier. earlier, yeah. Again, as you were saying earlier, like it, like even if you do like over prepare things, yeah. you've got like a lot of shit in your arsenal that you can use later on, yeah. which is also like really useful and cool. Mm. So like any anything yeah. that you might at some point think is wasted time there's a good chance that you can like recycle that later for when you've not had as much time to write things oh, which is yeah. always nice yeah absolutely absolutely but i mean i mean but and, and that's 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 great that's great that's that's how you you use whatever you prepare but i mean if you actually if your goal is to go oh i want next session to be good then prepare for what yeah. you actually need um and if 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 you have all the time in the world and you love doing it and I do love doing it. I don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, you um, then it's fine. But if you've got limited time, then you got to think to yourself: Okay, should I make an elaborate description for this NPC? Should I make an elaborate description for r- this room? Um, probably not, unless it's re- <laughs> really, really important. But probably yeah. not. So I, I think that that's like a really interesting point of like, like in in a general like day to day sense, uh, in how much to prepare. We've given like a very good summary. Uh, I'm also because I'm me. I'm putting forward the the alternative of the important episode that you're doing. So for as like I, there was one that I prepared um, for Christmas. It was like the Christmas episode kind of thing that we were doing with mm-hmm. the group to get a sense of it. Like I, I've got every season that we do. I've got in one big document so I can scroll up and down and see everything that we've done or are gonna do in the future. Um, each of the episodes that we we normally play for like five to eight to ten hours um so each of those maybe has about a page of things or like less more often than not it's a lot less than a page of just notes of things that i think are going to happen whereas this one episode that was the christmas episode like i had three to four pages of things um and that wasn't because a lot of things were happening in it but it was more I wanted to get across a sense of this weird like Christmas adventure that we were going on. Um, and I, I was really proud of all of it. The descriptions were all great. I made sure to go through and do all of your, make sure that you're engaging all of the senses. Um, and like the players fucking loved it. Like afterwards, like I had a bit of a cry on the way home. We're talking a lot about Matt Mercer, but I had a cry on the way home because they were like, no, I was like, that was like, Matt Mercer's levels of DMing, and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's fine. Bye bye, Merry Christmas." The highest Christmas. compliment. <laughs> but it was the highest compliment or the worst insult, depending <laughs> on if you like him or not. Because I know I am aware that a lot of DMs do not like him, oh. um, which is obviously fair if it's not no, the, it's the not, style. Not fair um, at all. <laughs> one 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 question I wanted to ask um, you guys in terms of um, going against what you have prepared. Say you've prepared a, a, a standard amount of stuff. And the players have ignored it because they think that they want they, they think there's a plot hook in the the neighboring town mm-hmm. or the um the neighboring continent or wherever they want to go um what would you guys do in that scenario would you say no would you put up like an invisible wall <laughs> or oh, there's a uh, there's a blockade that blocks your path they shout at you angrily to go well, away um or would you just let them no I, I'm, I'm gonna say something that's probably pretty radical most people that Ooh. give advice don't agree with uh and and even if i gave advice i'd advise against what i did but <laughs> realistically like the uh, there's, there's sometimes a big difference between advice and reality advice <laughs> is oh yeah make a way that uh, in character they don't, can't get there or something or make it up on the fly all the, all these things reality however are i'm sitting there with a group of friends and i'm talking in character and then i just 
go, okay, yes, well, the continent over there is very dangerous. Seriously, guys, there's nothing there. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll switch to out of character and medigan and just tell them, like, dude, dude there's nothing okay. there. <laughs> the story's this way. We're playing a game together. It's completely fine. <laughs> you know, we're friends. Uh, so the reality is I, I, I just out of character tell them. Uh, Alfred, what about you? Yeah, that's definitely something that you would have. I, I think it's like um, it, it's something that you should cover. They they shouldn't expect to be able to spring something like that on you. And if they want to, if mm-hmm. they if they like the idea of going to a different setting because they're like they just like kind of want that aesthetic difference or they're they're not enjoying the the current stuff, then you know you can you can ask them to have a like a a talk about it or like a like a a new session zero, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't like I I've uh, like we, we we talked before about that whole like copying pasting the town that they're in and the town that they want to go to, mm-hmm. um, and just being like it's guess what it's it's the same exact place and the story hooks are going to be the same, um, but I I do feel like there is like a there should always be a big emphasis on when you're at the table, like I I wouldn't even call it metagame I would think just like making sure that you've got a discussion with the players being like okay like I I know I get like that you want to be able to explore but are you doing this just because you like the idea of exploring somewhere else or are you doing it because it would be kind of funny to see me squirm because like if it's the second then oh yeah that's not a good players like that and everybody hates those players let's be honest yeah (laughs) yeah I think I think what the situation often is is like they get one there's like one story thread that is leads there like someone has a relation like an old relationship and they hear about their ex in this um, Mm -hmm. like in this faraway place and they want to go there just to see it and in those situations I can I can I can get it It, it, it's sort of it become it's hard when there's like a, a story that one player wants to follow in that area but it's geographically very far away so it kind of would put everything the time like the the calendar wouldn't work basically um yeah Yeah, we're not talking about high leveled players that can plane shift or teleport or walk through (laughs) trees or whatever like that it's the party that have to get everywhere on foot because they've alienated all the people with horses (laughs) yeah i think that (laughs) one of the one of the things like in the game that we're currently going to go back into where I finally get to be a player again. Oh, um, oh the dream. Oh, it's so beautiful. It feels it's like so... I'm breathing again. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got that. It, it's that... What I fight, feel is a DM's nightmare that my DM is having to deal with right now because we've got one story hook that's taking us in one direction, um, but there's another that's taking us in a completely different direction. Uh, and because under the guise of like you know the the party all has like their individual wants and their individual desires uh, some want to go to one place some very much want to go to the other place so our dm is stuck in this position of not knowing which one they're gonna follow so what do you guys do in that kind of case of when like half the party wants to go one place and half the party wants to go another and you have essentially two very different mm. like stories that could be done mm. next time I, I think at that moment it's it's a time to step back because I think um it's a hundred percent you have to do a session zero with your players either before mm-hmm. that first session starts that day or a week before and you make the I one hundred percent say do not split the party for more <laughs> than a, maybe an hour or two mm-hmm. do not do it 
and oh definitely do not go to different towns because I'm not running two <laughs> sessions at once. That's too difficult for me. I've and realistically, forever. it's not it's not too difficult for me. But if two, two people want to go that way and two people mm. want to go this way, and they are fighting something designed for four players, those two people were going to die. or at least be very much injured and the other two people are technically not going to know anything about it so it is that case of i fully allow character moments i fully allow people going off and doing their own thing in fact i encourage people doing their own thing because have you ever as a person have you ever been around someone all the time apart from sleeping (laughs) for more than a couple of days it drives you absolutely mental like you you want them to you you need out their face you need your own time as that character and then you come back and then you do your own thing and that's absolutely fine but to split the party in that instance i would say i would take them i would take a step back from characters and be like realistically guys i'm not gonna let you split the party for this amount of time yeah this is a party game this isn't we fuck off to the mountain for no reason while we sit and drink yeah it depends i mean in 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 um I agree with your sentiment. Like, you say, yeah, I could run it. You say, you're pretty harsh saying, like, oh, uh, I'm not going to. Um, uh, it's also, again, up to them where where the same thing you do with your players when they when they want to go to a faraway continent. Um, sure, I could split the party up and go to two separate taverns. Uh, and that is double the work for me, and the players know it. And you just ask them why. If they give you a good reason, okay. But if they don't give you a good reason, then why are they doubling your workload for no no good reason? Um, you can flip spot you sometimes, but in general, come up with a good reason and otherwise stay together. Don't 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 screw over me as a GM. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think there's definitely ways that it can, like, I'm, I think I'm I think I I think I'm a little bit more open to it uh, than previous uh, speakers, uh, but. Um, <laughs> I, I quite like the idea of um well personally I would be happy to run like two sessions in a week for two di- two like mini groups um if that was it, it's it's really the being able to separate it as long as they don't decide to do that like in the first quarter of a session and if that was the case then it would it would have it would basically be no um but if they want if they yeah. if they tell you at the end of the session i want to you know we i think we we want to go to do these two different things then there's a lot of ways you can it, it, if you have a, a week or more to prepare then it's completely doable to yeah. have these two stories and then have them come back together because yeah you know it it, it works in fiction um and yeah yeah, it, uh, oh, it definitely yeah. works to some extent. To to a large extent, no, it's a party game. It's a team yeah. game. Yeah. Everyone's working together towards a common yeah. or at least common goals. Um, yeah. It's not a I go off and milk cows sure. yeah. and become a farmer because at that point, I personally at that point, I would say if this is what your character wants to do, that's absolutely fine. I'm gonna need you to re-roll a new character to be a part of the party. Yeah, sure. That that's the character retirement. Yeah. That's what you say about. Well, yeah. Well, you say it, it, it's a part of fiction, and that's exactly why I say. Um, I asked them, look, why? Why are you doing this? Like, if they say, oh, I want to go to Tanta after checkout, or you guys go there, do that, then perfectly fine, split it up. But if they're just going to separate places for the sake of it, then it. it um, if the splitting up doesn't add to the story, obviously, I think it, I think why are we doing it? That it depends um, on like yeah, the scale yeah. of it, really. Like if if it's yeah. if, like I, I would say in that kind of situation of they're just wanting to go to different taverns in the same place, I feel like that that's something that I'm able to like deal with at the time, and like I, I feel like that's I don't know I feel like narratively that's pretty interesting. Uh, I was thinking more of if they want to go to different like continents, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, um, more more in the line of instead of them being like, okay, well, I guess we are going to split up in the end. It's yeah. dealing with the fact that the characters and the players are indecisive at the time. So you're kind of stuck in this limbo of maybe I'm going to do one entire storyline or maybe I'm going to do another entire storyline, which is a lot more difficult. Yeah, than, absolutely. You know, like just it's two different bars. Have fun around there. Um, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a player in my group at the moment who is currently watching. So hello to you. <laughs> um, they play they play a rogue. Um, and what? Um, the whole, the character's whole backstory is an orphan, so really wants to be rich, um, wants to have a taste of the good life, which is standard backstory, it's all good. Um, and recently the character has become more and more uh, disaligned with party goals. She's been going along with the party, um, everything's been going fine, doing her job fantastically, um, for the most part, um, <laughs> and apart from when you failed to, to check for traps multiple times. But um, just taking taking that aside, but the party is uh, she's become a lot more self centered and she's wanting to go off and steal things and doing that in the town that she's in is fine. I can make time for that. Um, but recently she's been given a quest to go and steal something in a different town, which could take a long time. And I've spoke, I've taken the player aside and I've said to them, realistically, this is a character exit if you want if she wants to go yeah. ahead with this because. I am, and what I've said is, I am more than happy to run a one shot just with you, and per perhaps another player that just fills a, ra a role of a random NPC, so you're not by yourself and you're not yeah. just talking to me constantly. Yeah. Um, if you want to do this, that's absolutely fine. Um, I will run this one shot with you, but realistically, this is going to take you apart from the party, and I'm not going to have the party sit around in a tavern for four weeks <laughs> while you do your own thing. This is <laughs> yeah. a character. This is a character exit. And what and the, 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 the player is still deciding. And that's mm -hmm. absolutely fine. Oh, if yeah. they want to keep it on, if they don't want to keep it on, that's absolutely fine. I personally have a rule of you get one character switch. If you don't like your character, they go out, you get one another and then you have to stay with your character because it's not really a it's not really a game if you're constantly re rolling new characters for the mm -hmm. fun of it, because then it's just where's the party motivation, where's the bond that you all have yeah. from surviving demon attacks is gone. Um <laughs> But it's a, you give the players the choice if they do want to exit, give them that option, um, and prepare for that option. But let yeah. them go if they need to. I completely the, forgot the point I was actually making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna have to start wrapping up right about now. So it's time for like our final thoughts, and I've got my trusty fucking D four so that I don't actually have to make the hard decisions. Uh, ready? Okay. Up first, we got Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> Are you ready for a last thought on preparing for your games? Yeah, just um, I, I I I think I really like a lot of uh, Remco's advice about um, specifically about um, having a nice broad sweep of um, people and locations and giving them just like a single adjective. Um, mm -hmm. That's probably the best advice uh, for preparing stuff in general, preparing a town, preparing a dungeon to explore. I still have to um, give closing advice too. Don't steal mine and make a home. Suck it, nerd. Everything he said. <laughs> yeah. what that well, actually, said. Um, I just came up with great new advice. Go on. Okay, awesome. <laughs> cool. But uh, but yeah. So uh, and other than that, just uh, I I think just you you just want to spend some time in like a nice, happy, creative space, writing down ideas, what could happen because you know it's tough to come up with uh, like 
completely new uh, new ideas of what could happen when you're there. Um, but it's very easy to improvise an NPC's name, you know, <laughs> if you have, you know, For generators or submarine down and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Remember sorry, yeah. Simba yeah, about and Dayren. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah. That's me. Awesome. Uh, next up, we've got... Nope, that's you again. That doesn't work. Fuck me. Okay, it's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, my, my general advice would be... Yeah, kind of think about what kind of campaign you're running. I personally find it a lot easier to prepare when your campaign is very based around um, the interactions between the characters. Because then, as I said, you can have a man on the inside that when you don't have a lot to prepare, they're like, okay, I'll make this very emotional so that you don't actually have to do that much. So the more the more that you can like, like talk to your players and be like, this episode can be about feelings instead of well thought out pl- plot lines because I've not been sleeping for the past five nights because I don't have any time. Um, so it, it's very much like if you've got time to prepare, prepare as much as you feel you want, which is not helpful advice. But at the same time, if you've got like no time on your hands, the players should and hopefully are on your side because you're making this magical world for them. They realistically should be a little bit sympathetic to your cause uh next up we've got Hemko, you're up yeah well uh, initially my advice was going to be having a list of uh adjectives uh, uh for everything <laughs> uh just to give it extra flavor but then uh, alfred stole my idea so my new <laughs> advice uh would be don't steal be afraid fun. to steal other people's ideas <laughs> um <laughs> nice I'm stealing that one. <laughs> as long as you're not, uh, as as long as you're not stealing it live on a podcast from someone who is right yeah. there. Um, no, it, it, but but to 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 come back on that, and I think we're gonna go in sometime later in a future episode. We'll we'll get mm-hmm. into it as well. But um, again, perception of players. They don't have this omnipotence. They don't see. You can be very obvious and throw things at them, and you might very obviously have stolen things from I don't know Lord of Rings or whatever kind of plot. And you think like every player is going to see this. Every player like knows that this dungeon podcast. is yeah, it's stolen directly from another another adventure. And you got to realize that in in the theater of mind description of players, they're not going to notice that. So if you're really strapped for preparation, steal it. Just go on the internet, grab a dungeon, plop it in, done. The chances of the players noticing that stolen content is 0.1%. Uh, don't worry about it. Steal <laughs> shit. Uh, last but not least, Adam, what about you? Uh, it's really hard to go last when everyone has said pretty much everything that you've <laughs> wanted ones, to yeah. say. I just steal some else. Um, yeah. yeah um, I think I think t- t- two, two, two things to finish on. The first, t- for experienced DMs, gauge your players. Um, learn who they are, what they're going to do. Let them make their own story. Have the, the small little... Um, snippets of description let them build their own NPCs um, and have major have major ho- plot hooks prepared but don't be annoyed if they don't go for it um, and just slot it in elsewhere and slowly railroad them into oblivion if you need to um, <laughs> and for, for for new DMs absolutely over prepare, you're starting a new session um, you've got you've not you've never done this before. You're excited. You want to know absolutely everything about the world, so the players know everything about the world. Ninety percent of that is not going to matter, but don't be sad. It can always come in later. And if it doesn't, just think of how many times an author is going to rewrite one singular page of a book he's writing. Uh, that's exactly what you're doing, but you're doing it live. 
Um, so don't be, don't worry and don't be sad if players don't do absolutely everything because they will inevitably not do anything that you want them to do. And that's okay as well, as long as everyone's having fun. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I just want to really quickly squeeze oh, in that the, the, bit, the bit that you said about having those little like uh, intros and like uh, in in um, in the pre-written content you get these little description boxes. Yeah. <clears throat> those are amazing if you are not uh, if you're the new DM. Um, they yeah. have helped me hugely just like ease into the session. So absolutely write those if you're yeah. coming up with your or stuff. steal them. Just take the description box from their adventure and then plop them into your dungeon for the description of your room or your NPC. The players aren't going to notice that. It's just secretly run the new season of Critical Role, but they're a week behind it. I think. <laughs> change some names and players will know. Change it. some names. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, no, that that's going to be it for this week. Um, Hemgo, you got a plug for us? Yeah, well, the usual. Uh, let's see. Uh, episode six of Unlikely mm. Heroes just went up on YouTube. Uh, now I've pressed a button. There we go. Good. Um, so you can uh, go there uh, to Unlikely GM on YouTube or uh, Twitch, where we play well, Unlikely Heroes, my homebrew campaign, uh, live for you to suffer together with us. <laughs> uh, at nine, well, on YouTube, obviously, uh, but on Twitch, if you want to catch us live, it's seven GMT. That's two EST on Sundays on at Unlikely GM. Awesome. And of course, for me, you can find me if you're watching live here at A Teacup Gamer, where I normally do streaming games and playing a lot of shit like that. Um, but for Crit Chat, you can go find our Discord channel in the description below. Um, and you can join in the discussion, ask some things that you want to get answered on future episodes. Uh, you can also go down there for the link to our SoundCloud, where you can go and download anything there that you want, if you want to listen to the previous episodes in your own time. We are also now on iTunes, so we should be on a couple of different um, podcast apps if you have them. It would also help us out a lot if you go over to iTunes, leave a review if you want to just five stars, because we're a five-star fucking show, or if you want to leave a little description about why we're so fucking amazing, also awesome. Um, but other than that, we will see you next Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT. Until then, I have been Ismay. I have been Alfred. I have been Adam. And I'm Remco, the uh, very unlikely GM. And you have been listening to Crit Chat. See you guys. Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.